This is Imperial Voice, streaming from the palace of His Imperial Majesty, Haile Selassie. I feel greatly honored to join you as you discuss the way forward for the home of that great leader of Africa, His Imperial Majesty Haile Selassie I. How can Fairfield House be transformed in such a way that it can achieve relevance as a bridge from past to future? Welcome to In Our City. I'm William Heath. I very much regret to report that Tozin, my co-presenter, is not with us. She's not well. We thought we'd rescued her from the clutches of the NHS, but she's had a complication. So please hold her in the light um, and let's think of Tozin. She, she looks forward to rejoining us as soon as she can. Now, this week we had the first Fairfield House online public meeting. This was a big undertaking for us. And a lot was riding on it. And we had some very distinguished guests and we'll, we'll hear some extracts of what they said. Here, for example, are some of the words of Esther Selassie Antonin speaking about the legacy of her great grandfather. Uh, today, more than ever, there is a great need for leadership, uh, especially current or historical figures and role models that will invigorate, give impetus to and resonate with the current social movements among them, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. I mention it uh, in that, in my view, Emperor Haile Selassie's brand of leadership as a figure can help give resolution to this demanding slogan. This global movement has stirred the imagination of many marginalized people all over the world as they speak up for their equal rights and self-determination. The legacy of Emperor Haile Selassie, his exceptional leadership, echoed these aspirations, and uh, which is recorded in his world in world history. In this way, he is an honourable son of Ethiopia, a country that for centuries has held an exceptional place. His Majesty's life may have ended in his great demise. However, he continues to inspire many people groups of people, and in recent years, as seen in social media particularly, there is a renewed energy around his person and his achievements among the newest generation in his native country and the diaspora. In my view, the legacy, um, his legacy uh, in the surface of his country and the continent of Africa was founded um, on the conviction that the best national investment was in creating young educated leaders, which he did with resounding success. This fundamental conviction is relevant today as it, is in, as, as it was in his time. 
as just a mere suggestion. Perhaps this is an ideal uh, that could be considered um, in looking forward to Fairfield House. So I pose the question, how can Fairfield House be transformed in such a way that it can achieve relevance as a bridge from past to future? And here is Mulageta Asarati Kassa, whose grandfather lived in the house as a child with his Imperial Majesty, speaking the words written for His Excellency Tefare Melissa Desta, the Ethiopian ambassador to the UK. I feel greatly honoured to join you as you discuss on the, the way forward for the home of that great leader of Africa, His Imperial Majesty Haile Selassie I. A cursory look at His Majesty's biography, My Life and Ethiopia's Progress, tells you why he chose to donate a two-acre mansion to the city of Bath. Clear was his intention. The people of Bath provided him with assistance, with prayers, and with love that no one expected from a white man. Thank you very much. And yes, my name is Dina Romero. I'm the leader of Bath and Northeast Somerset Council. So thank you very much for inviting me to tonight's webinar. As many of you will already know, Fairfield House was given to the city of Bath in recognition of the warm welcome and hospitality of His Imperial Majesty, uh, Haile Selassie, who was the first emperor of Ethiopia. And as you heard from, from Pauline, there's huge benefits that Fairfield House already provides, not just to, to Rastas or indeed to the, the BAME community. Uh, and I particularly like that reference to Bemska being the, the beating heart. I'm going to probably steal that line and use it elsewhere. Um, but also to many within the community, regardless of race or religion, but who are the elders of our communities. Um, and I would say that there is clear evidence that the house is doing already what was earlier posed as a, as, a, as a question or a task. It is actually creating a bridge from the past to the future. And because of that, um, we are already working or currently working on how this gift can best be, best, best be honoured. And I'll leave it to John Wilkinson to actually pick up the pieces about how they, the mechanics of this will happen. But I just really wanted to say, really in my sort of closing of my opening remarks, that we are really um, willing to work with Fairfield House and the trustees to ensure that the best future can be achieved. The work of the welfare organisation is not merely the distribution of money, but also the giving of personal warmth, of wholehearted service and spiritual encouragement. The time we spend in the fulfillment of such duties is the determining factor which demonstrate that the essence of one individual value is not obliterated. Pauline's words that she, that she, that she read about um, personal warmth, spiritual encouragement, individual value not being obliterated, that's education. That's what it's for. 
It's not it's not for passing history or psychology or chemistry. In the end, if you discover those values, you will be educated and you actually need really diverse experiences for that to happen, which is why our partnership with Fairfield is massively important. It goes back to the very first things about past and future and leadership. I think leadership is all, we're absolutely right. We're in a time when we desperately need it. Leaders need to have roots. They need to have diversity and they need to have vision. And I think in Fairfield House, we have all of those. And I think you've just heard from the other speakers why that matters, both personally and in, and in a wider sense. Thank you. It covered a lot of ground, uh, some inspiring, some quite challenging. And we've got a group tonight to, to really review and, and discuss the implications of that. And our guests include Rianne Llewellyn. Rianne's a caregiver, an artist and a local Quaker who's I met uh, most recently because we're both on the same anti-racism course, like good Quakers are. Isn't that right, Rianne? Yes, that's right. Yes, it's been very interesting. How's the anti-racism course going? Well, it can be searching. It It's wonderful because the documents, the videos, the YouTube clips that our organiser is giving us are, are thought-provoking. It can be painful, especially if you think, like me, that I, you know, I... I I knew quite a lot of the issues. Actually, there are a lot of issues that I didn't know and some subtleties that I didn't know. So I'm learning a lot. For example, last week we were talking about shame and how that is not helpful um, for moving forward. So there we go. I think this is not an evening of shame. So I hope that that is, that that is helpful. Uh, our, our next guest is Sona Osman. And Sona and I have just met. Sona, you're, you're a barrister, I think, with, with what's called full rights of audience. Is that right? That's correct, yep. What does that mean? It means I can appear in, in front of any court, in front of any judge. Are you still doing that? Are you still representing people? I haven't been for the last year or so. I was okay. ill. I, I broke my ankle. But yeah, oh. I mean, but, but I, I'm, but that's what, yeah. That's and you've had a focus on immigration and childcare, I think. And um, that that's correct. Yeah. yeah. Immigration and childcare, childcare in particular, yeah. And you do podcasts yourself, I gather. Uh, anti-racism. Well, yeah, with my daughter. We Fantastic. do. We're okay. a double act, yeah. Well, welcome to our podcast and, and um, we'll, we'll sort of come <laughs> back to yours one time. Okay, here's a Rastafari author, author of the book Parallels, which compares the life of his Imperial Majesty and Jesus Christ. Akila, welcome to In Our City. Hello, thank Hi. you. And last, but by no means least, um, is Mr. Bunny, uh, well-known to listeners of Imperial Voice, and also who basically held the whole webinar together, didn't you? Uh, I think it's very generous of you, William. I think you held the whole thing together. I, I managed to get it live onto the, uh, onto the radio station itself by holding my phone up against the computer screen um, and that's how we did it. And hopefully we'll learn a lot more tomorrow about going live. That was our first live Imperial Voice broadcast. Indeed, it was our first one. And we're very proud of the fact it does add something to it. Um, uh, it does add something to the uh, experience of, of both producing a, a programme, but also listening to it. Um, it, uh, it does give that feeling of, uh, of spontaneity. And, um, and I thought it was very well chaired by Rob as well. Rob, who trained us all. Yeah, so Imperial Voice going live and dangerous. Overall impressions of last Monday's event. Akhilo, what did you make of that? Um, I think it was very good. I've actually took a few notes down, but just briefly from what I heard, um, I think we covered a lot of things. And I think it was on the same accord. We all wanted to maintain a legacy. 
and ensure that the, the elderly are um, safeguarded. There's a there's a strong sort of theme, I think, of caring this evening because Rianne and Mr. Bunny, that's you, you, your both your profession or, 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 or activity, isn't it? It is. It, it was, and it, and it still is. Yes, and uh, and we were just saying, Akila, that that um, Pauline's um, service, Bemska, is uh, exemplary, and um, and, and it truly does um, mirror the, his Imperial Majesty's uh, wishes for the, for Fairfield House, and um, it's a living embodiment of what he of what he wanted for the for for the house. Yeah. So, I think His Majesty's gift to us is transformative in that respect because I, I I don't quite see what else could have produced that conversation that we had on Monday night. I don't know, Sona. Have you come across um, in your in your experience of looking at diversity and equality in the UK? Have you come across another institution which? brings different groups together in a common purpose in the way that Fairfield House is centred on care for the elderly. Oh, God, you're asking me. I, do you know what? Straight off, no, I, 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 I can't, can't think, think of anything. I, I, I can't, can't think because, because it, it was my, it, my immediate thing was to say the church, but then what church, whose church? And then that's, so then you'll be, then, you'll be, then it's all going to be divided up into Catholic, Protestant, you know, Jehovah's Witness. It's all going to be all segregated off. I mean, the only, the only, the only thing that I can think of, and it, it isn't necessarily in an in an aim of a purpose or to put to ex to to have somebody like Holy, Holy Celeste express what he wish his wishes and put those into um, physical progress as such. The only thing I can think of is Sikh temples. You can go to a Sikh temple any day, day or night. You will be fed. You will be looked after. You will. You. They will look after you. That's the only thing. But that's just you as an individual. It isn't a group of people of disparate groups with different aims and objectives all coming together for one sole purpose. So no, we're going to need those uh, those that seek level of of compassion, aren't we? Because I think there's going to be a lot of hungry people in months to come, aren't there? There is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Rianne, um, you're, you came to this, I suppose, through a faith journey, didn't you? Because as part of your faith practice, you're, you're working on anti-racism and how to be a good ally. What was your, what was your impression of Monday night in, the, in that context? So in that context, I felt so positive listening to contributions of everybody involved. Um, the, the course, the discussion that we're doing in Quakers is, is a safe space in which to air our, really, our of the last few months and everybody's on a different journey in respect of how, um, well, for, for myself, for example, I, 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 when my friends come to Bath and stay and, for example, um, yeah, when, when people come to Bath and they say, oh, gosh, it's really different being in London as a, as a, as a black person um, you know, you feel different in a city like this, and I started getting stressed and worried about that because I felt like that when I came from London in a different context. Um, and I went on this course thinking, well, what can I do now with Black Lives Matter? That everything was shaken up, and people were, um, you know, what, what wondering what we could do to be positive. 
Um, but the event on Sunday was focusing on space, this house which um, was left in the 60s to uh, another group, elderly people, and elderly people I'm working with at the moment. And I, I was so impressed um, by the, 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 the emphasis on the elder being respected um, in the culture and also welcoming elders from all cultures into the house. And um, how much that, you know, my profession at the moment could, could learn from that, because however well-meaning the caregivers are in our um, wider community, then they don't come from the starting point of the type of thing that um, Pauline said, that the wholehearted service and um, personal warmth and spiritual encouragement and togetherness that was expressed on Monday. So, clearly, you must have been to Fairfield House many times, I think. I have, yes. And do you feel that what the house means for you is something which was reflected in what you heard on Monday night? Yes, I think people have kind of mentioned it as almost like a pilgrimage. So for us as Rastafari people, we see um, Ethiopia first as a spiritual place where most people want to attend and most people want to go to Shashamani and Lalabella specifically. And uh, Jamaica, because, you know, the birthplace of the realization of his impromisty in the divine sense, and also Fairfield Halls, because it's the place, um, Fairfield House, where his impromisty exiled to the rest of his family. So for us, it has a very spiritual significance for us. So it's interesting the comparison with Shashamani, isn't it? Because that was a gift by his Imperial Majesty, which he gifted to the Ethiopian World Federation, didn't he? And right. that's a place of extreme yeah. importance. And then he gifted Fairfield House in the terms of his gift to the Corporation of Bath, but clearly the, the sentiment, if you want, the underlying sentiment was because of the love he'd received from, from the people of Bath. Did, I'd be interested in how you see the parallels of Shashamani and Fairfield and the different roles that they have. Um, well, the, the instant parallel that I see is um, EWF, European World Federation, because it was formed during a time of exile in Fairfield House. Um, so it was formed in England and we know EWF has done many things for black people in general and specifically for Shashamani. So we're seeing the connection of where it, something being formed in Bath and then helping back home in Shashamani. So we, the EWF has also been very significant at Fairfield House um, with volunteers rescuing the site of the first Ethiopian chapel in the UK which was covered with decades of brambles and even proposed to be given away to the NHS. And EWF and other Rastafari volunteers recently cleared that site and have created a beautiful sacred garden, a place for meditation and reflection. So I think yeah. the EWF um, are very present at Fairfield House and, and it would be a wonderful thing if they had, had a permanent presence there as well, I think. We're gonna ask each of you to choose a track we can listen to. Rihanna's is coming with the first, with his, which is Cecilia Lepoer and Amadou Diane, very, very strong local artists. It's lovely. I'll put them on right now and, um, and then we'll pick up the conversation afterwards.
Well, that was that was Amadou, local boy, made very very good. I'd like to uh, to talk about His Imperial Majesty's legacy, and what each of us think it is, and what we think it means. We saw the deed of gift on Monday. Rianne, could I start with you? I mean, I I think maybe my take is 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 quite naive, but I feel that the the way that His Imperial Majesty left this property with the plaque i mean i think that's that's what sort of stayed in my mind the the plaque where he talks about that it's not just that if you, if you don't mind if i repeat this no um, do if it that it's not just about the distribution of money but that also the giving of personal warmth of wholehearted service and spiritual encouragement um and the time we spend in fulfillment of such duties is the determining factor which demonstrates the essence of one individual um, as a value is not obliterated and this is about the care of the elders and I, I think um, it, it is a specific point about caring for the elders and and really that that, that is what it, it means to me it's, it's really speaking to what I'm doing at the moment and how legacy has put the elders at the centre of of the community and uh, and showing an example to our wider community about how to do that um, I mean, I have seen examples of, you know, the way that care is, is organised, and I, and I don't know how it's come about in our, our, our culture in, in Britain, but people are not at the centre, and it's very difficult. It's been, I haven't been in this sector for very long, but it's been a real eye-opener, and as soon as I heard how things were done at Fairfield House, I sort of thought, well, yes, this is what I'd like it, I'd prefer it to be like, I'd, I'd this is what it should be, and, and and with elders being respected and and venerated. So I think it's 
it's remarkable that a statesman who lived in our city all that time ago in the 1930s should then in the 50s have made a gift which today radically affects how we think about care of our elders, which is such a fundamental part of our society. I think it's very, very resonant there. Mr. Bunny, what, what's your impression of His Imperial Majesty's legacy, what it is and what it means to us? Personally, as a young person in the early 70s, I read a book by Joseph Owen, Owens um, about the Rastafari. He was a um, Catholic um, priest in Kingston. And he introduced me to the idea of I and I as a response to the um, colonial and slave um, me, uh, the idea that we're all divine. Secondly, I picked up something from Akalila's book, which is I'm just thinking about now. Um, you refer, Akalila, to how his Imperial Majesty actually brought you closer to Jesus, as a uh, the Christian Jesus, in yes. the sense that he, the Christianity in Ethiopia predates colonialism, racism, and slavery. And you were able to see, uh, I hope I'm paraphrasing it correctly, uh, approximately, you were able to see Christianity not as the oppressor religion, but as, a, as, as something that was African. Thirdly, um, I think the, the specific issue of Bemska, um, the idea that, that Europeans are providing for Africans is pervasive uh, with all of us, uh, white, old white people like myself, particularly, I'm sure. Um, but we've got an example here of actually His Imperial Majesty and Pauline actually bringing care to the UK from Africa. And I'm reminded of a, 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 an Ethiopian um, friend of mine in Chesterfield who is running a charity providing um, social work and support to orphans and families in Addis Ababa, whilst earning a living caring for the elderly in Chesterfield. And I just think that, for me, um, is, is, is so profound. Um, so those three things, I think, at the moment, William. Akhila, what, what does the specific legacy of Fairfield House, what, what, what does that mean for you? For me, it's a, it's a headquarter, it's a hub, it's a place for people to go that are like-minded. You know, it's a it's a refuge for specifically for in Rastafari context when we're in this you know 24/7 working mode or 24/6 working mode. It's just a break for us to be around people that see the divinity within ourselves and within everybody else, and and we um, we organize and we centralize around this this figure called His Imperial Majesty Ali Selassie. So once when I go there. I feel a sense of peace and tranquility. Uh, you know, a lot of the feelings that I have on my day to day um, diminish the negative feelings, the, the ego, the, the illusion feelings, they disappear. And I, I feel like there's, um, when I'm in, in London, 
my main focus is preserving things for the new generation. But when I'm in Bath, my main focus is preserving things for the future generations, for the elders, the ones that have um, led the way before us. So my perspective kind of changes, not just thinking on the, about the young, but also thinking about the old. So I'd like to really radically agree with you on some of that and to actually challenge you on part of it, if that's okay. I think um, the thing I would agree really fundamentally is when you uh, say it's a place to find the divinity within ourselves. I think that's that's extremely resonant with the, the faith tradition that Rian and I pursue, uh, where one finds that of God in everyone. And I think Fairfield House is an extraordinary place in how, in how it reveals that and in, and in how it reveals it across such different people. I think that's incredible. I'm intrigued that you say it's a place to meet like-minded people because I think if I think of Fairfield House, I've never met a bunch of people who are going to disagree more about really important things. I mean, there's people who have really profound views on divinity, on the divinity of particular individuals. Uh, they have different views on royalty. I mean, we've had Republicans and, and you know, Restoration monarchists there. If you start having a conversation at Fairfield House about, I don't know, diet or vaccination, you know, you're going to have a long argument. <laughs> so it, to me, it's a place where people radically disagree and people they're very people who are very much not like-minded but all yeah. called to the same purpose that's the paradox it's like a spiritual university you know there's the unity of we want to improve we want to be healthy we want to preserve ourselves but the diversity is how do we do it what is the methods you know how do we eat how do we behave um you know and for me the way that i draw common ground is that i i first say that god created all things, good and bad, up and down. You know, all religions came about through the uh, inspiration of the Almighty. And I feel with Rastafari, we, we see the most common ground between other forms of religions, specifically with, with the Sikhs, because the Sikh religion or faith movement is a humanitarian religion, trying to create peace between the Hindus and, and Islam. And Rastafari is also humanitarian because we're following his imperial majesty who, as a statesman. So I feel that um, there will always be differences. We come to Rastafari, come not by force, but just by revelation or by their own study and research. So naturally, it's our islands coming together to form a continent. Well, I just wanted to quote Akila. I was reading. I I I, I, I was reading your book, your wonderful book, and I was really interested in your uh, night visions chapter, and um, you talked about the dreams and that the first dream which actually included a Sikh man holding a, co a conquering line of Judah flag um, showed you the global acceptance of Rastafari among people from diverse backgrounds which I just thought was interesting in the context of this conversation because we could we can disagree but still accept. It's precisely and for me when I had that vision that dream I was perplexed I was confused because I'm thinking, why is he holding the flag? You know, I was confused. But I, I feel like, you know, the ultimate intelligence is, is showing us, as precisely what you're saying, Rian, that um, we can disagree, we can have differences of viewpoints in the world, but we all agree that we want to survive and live and thrive. And, you know, when we form around those universal principles, uh, then we can form more unity. Sona, I know you said you needed to go. I'm sorry, I do, yeah. That's okay. Listen, before we release you, please tell us what track you would like us to play and why. It's, a, it, it, it's, it's called Good Vibration, and it's by um, a band called Soothsayers.
And oh, they're from Bri- they're, like they're based they're based in and around Brixton. Cool. And I've been sort of sort of quite keen on them for the last seven or eight years. And it's their latest track. And it's it's a good you know they they do some really cool music and um and of course uh, Rastafari's etc cetera, etc cetera. but yeah that and I, and I love them they're great. Okay. 
stay tuned to Imperial Voice, won't you? I will. Thank you very much for inviting me. Bye-bye. That's all right, Bye. 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 How do we define that community? How do we bring it together? How do we serve that community? We, I think there's uh, a... Yeah, funny. Sorry, please. I was going to say, I think there's a, a practical issue that, that, that there is um, a... I think, I think we can overthink it because the, the, the requirements of the form um, and we have to answer a question and we have to answer it in a particular way. Um, but I think what you're talking about, William, is something more profound um, than the, the authors of the, of the, um, of the funding um, uh, commissioning document uh, probably intended. And they were probably looking for something far more mundane uh, in terms of numbers, um, costs, and so forth. But yeah, I think the, com the, the community, I think Bath has got to be a beacon for the rest of the UK and has got to show the non-Rastafari community of the UK in general um, the, the importance of, of the legacy for the UK uh, as a whole uh, and, and as a focus for that. And one of the ways that we've been trying to do it is the um, the work with youngsters at schools, and I know Ras Benji has worked on um, on um, presentations uh, for schools that have no connection with Bath in the UK, and I think that would be a, a really practical and good way of of extending knowledge of his legacy and the the African presence in in the UK. Uh, here's, here's one of the most more recent examples of the African presence in the UK. Um, the African presence in the UK goes back before the English arrived. Uh, and that sort of stuff is so important for junior school and senior school children to understand. Akhila, how would you see, if we had to have a definition of community, what would that community be? And what do you think the priorities are in working with that community to preserve his majesty's legacy um simply finding the common ground between all people in relation to his diplomacy's words because many things his diplomacy said was just based upon um human beings being more kind being more caring things that we know to be very simple and and being more self-sufficient so um as you know ras benji has done the thing with the garden and, and the other races you know um I feel within Fairfield House, it can be more of a proactive environment where there's activities which help with like gardening, which I know Chris Chris helps with those sorts of things um, and different activities to help bond people, you know, and to build that um, companionship with one another. Rianne, what's your feeling about about the, the sort of priorities here, like the practicalities uh, in terms of building the sense of community that Fairfield House creates? Yes, I, 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 I think there are two things, two sort of strands to this. And I, 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 I loved the way um, Akilah and Mr. Bunny talked about the community in the house. And I don't think I can say more about that. One thing I did pick up on was when the council were talking about the, the application and the bids, they did talk about things like, for example, the green credentials. And tell me if I'm wrong in this. I think I remember them saying that. Um, and when you said about drawing all the programs together, in terms of actually making sure that all the, you know, as many boxes are ticked as possible to ensure funding and the future, um, 
something like the green credentials would mean that you could actually look outward as well. For example, I was at a meeting with um, an environmental group this week and I mentioned this project and they were so excited because one of the things that they've been trying to do with Extinction Rebellion and Greenpeace is actually incorporating the um, issues from Black Lives Matter into their um, sort of core projects because they feel that it's 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 very important to, to address these issues together, um, and so they would like very much to work with Fairfield House if possible and bring their expertise of, for example, what they would like buildings to to, to go forward doing in terms of green. Um, environmental issues and I think with applications I have some experience about applications with councils and things you you almost just chuck it all in there you put lists and lists and lists of things that you could do and then um that that sounded very unfocused but you know well I, I can sketch in roughly where it is Fairfield House today is not good in terms of energy performance uh, lorries show up several times a year, shovel oil, heating oil. It burns between 10 and 12,000 pounds worth of heating oil a year. It's an antiquated boiler designed for an old people's home where everyone has baths every night. And uh, it's not insulated, it's neglected. And so we think because it is such an inspirational place that we should take it all the way from the, basically the worst imaginable energy and sustainability performance to something approaching the best we can possibly imagine because that's exactly what we need for heritage buildings in a city like this. We think, we think Bath needs exemplars of sustainability of heritage buildings. And the building itself is not architecturally anything like as important as it is in terms of history and culture and faith. So we think that it should be absolutely top rank in energy performance. And we would love to talk to groups that can help us do that. We have got various grant applications out. The council has also become quite activated on this. And only yesterday we had a, a long meeting with a consultant engaged by the council uh, who will recommend a, a list of really practical sustainability improvements that the house can make. And we would like it to end up being a proud beacon of, of, of we want it to be cosy for the old people. They need to be kept warm. And we want it to be totally based on renewable energy. Yeah. And I mean, and actually, to be honest, this is the story with, you know, historic buildings generally, you, yeah. you know, it's always a difficult thing. And, and, and as you said, it's, 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 it's partly, you know, we're talking partly about the building, but it's also so symbolic, isn't it? So yeah. out of this, the practicalities are also links with, academics all over the UK that the, the like of whom we met on Monday and and so I suppose the practicalities are partly very very local to that building but also looking outward and projects with Bath Spa that thing and yeah. you don't necessarily need to focus your you know green credentials on the building it could be yeah. with projects and with aspiration possibly. Yeah. I agree I, I think um Education is so, so fundamental and education starts with spreading the awareness. So, um, you know, when we're learning in history um, about different things, we, we have to find ways to get involved. You know, we have Black Lives Matter, there's other sort of forms of movements which are trying to, um, what's the word, enhance or, or enhance the curriculums in schools. So if we learn about Fairfield Halls, 
whatever, in whatever capacity, whether it be for one month or for a curriculum, and we learn about um, the relevance that it has in relation to World War II and things of that nature, then I think the incentive for people to contribute financially and to provide donations or create Go, uh, GoFundMes for it would be more um, natural, would be, would be more willing yeah. to contribute once yeah. we know the, the relevance of it. Yeah. So listen, um, Akhila, have you thought of a track you'd like us to drop into this show? Break yes. up all the talking. What's it going to be? So the song that I've chose is by um, a band called Ake Becker, and it's called Power of the Trinity. And um, it's, it's basically speaking about Empress Menin and speaking about her divinity also and in relation to being the incubator, you know. And then this, this relates to all women in terms of the womb and their natural divinity in terms of being co-creators. Just like a beacon, just like a lighthouse, showing the way to safety, the principle stays, no matter who leaves, not over-righteous to walk between, we are fit day when you day, praising the King, and the only mother for our life bringer, she who Prevail when others send is uh, disseminate organic and diluted. Just like a beacon, a lighthouse, showing the way to safety. The principle stays, no matter who leaves. Not override, just the walk between. We are fit the way you day, praising the king.
So I've heard, um, I mean, through the two or three years I've been volunteering at Fairfield House, I've heard many interpretations of what his gift was and who it was intended for. I'll just read out the, the, um, the, the, the key words from the deed of gift. In appreciation of the warm welcome and courteous hospitality extended to him by the people of Bath, has graciously offered to donate the said freehold and leasehold properties to the corporation for use as a home for aged that's, that's the sort of key part of it. I mean, what Esther uh, Antonin, uh, Esther Selassie Antonin said in her introductory words on Monday were that it, it opened a way to the future. I thought that was a very powerful observation on her part because we tend to think of it in terms of history and looking back and there was a war on and the history of Ethiopia. But um, what, 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 what do you think that gift opens up for us now in 2020 with the issues we face? as we look to the future. Sona, could I ask you that? Well, a great opening, a great welcome. Um, sounds to me, just listening to the words, which I haven't heard before, as if it was, as I think I mentioned earlier in this conversation, as if he had great prescience and knew that there was going, that, you know, there would have, well, obviously he knew there was going to be great major changes that were going to happen in the world, but he wanted to guarantee at least the uh, respite for the elderly in in Bath, and that's what he was doing by using those words at that particular time. That's, to me, what it resonates as. Rianne, what do you see as the potential for the future of, of his legacy? I, mean, I think I remember that phrase um, that um, Esther Silas-Antonin used, the bridge between the past and the future. And it, it does seem to be a, a, a bridge. It's not sort of, you know, we're talking about one house, and there's so much wonderful, so many wonderful things coming out of it. And actually focusing on on the the a space for the elders, and it's become a space for cultures to be united in diversity in this space, and to radiate out towards a lot of other locations which are linked with it. Uh, it, it builds bridges in, in in so many different dimensions. Yeah, but I suppose what I wonder is um, whether appreciating what it means for, say, the Ethiopian diaspora and appreciating what it could do for our community of Bath, which has you know, deep shortcomings and issues it needs to address. Can we match that level of just raw, sheer excitement and devotion and enthusiasm that the Rastafari have because it was your living God who lived in this house? I mean, I, I sometimes wonder whether the Rastafari look at the other people who are interested in Fairfield House and say, do you know what? You're a bit lukewarm about this stuff. I mean, you say he was a statesman, you know, but really you don't get it. Is there a feeling of that? 
Wow. Um, you know, in honesty, there is an element of that feeling, but then it, but when I look within myself more and I speak to other Rastafari from different mansions, so to speak, and I see the differences, I say to myself, you know, we, we only understand a glimpse of it. And sometimes we understand it because of preconceived notions, you know, we, we, we was maybe because we're Caribbean, maybe because we've been oppressed. So we wanted to, we wanted to believe it more. We wanted to, ex we wanted, we, we had that desire for me personally, had that desire to seek more, to find God more. I always, from a young age, believed that there must be some form of representation in this um, postmodern world of the creator, because we're always looking for facts and, you know, and proof. So I always had that strong desire throughout my life, even now. So um, when I see people that don't recognize him specifically or, or proclaim it in the same way that I proclaim it, I say to myself, I still think the most high that even though they don't see him in the same light as me, they're still doing great works for him. And I thought that's, that's a marvel in itself. Have you got a feeling as to what sort of direction, what sort of things you'd like to see if we did those large scale public meetings again? I think first to the thing, the first seed that should be planted should be inspiration because I think inspiration creates the motivation to preserve Fairfield. So if we, we do art, people do creative things, art, music, media, different things to create a culture of something to be proud of, you know, in terms of the history and what we want for the future. And then after that, we can, um, you know, share the need for it to be maintained and for the legacy to be going on for as long as possible. So I feel by showing that, what we're doing is not just for the benefit of people that are staying there now or people or people that are involved, such as Pauline and uh, other people, but it's for anyone potentially who may want to stay there in the future. So this is in the, in the benefit of everybody's interest, really. And I, I think if we can stress that in, in a way that is um, not forcefully motivating, but they are self-motivated, I think that would be amazing. Superb. I love that. Inspiration that leads to motivation. I think it's exactly how it goes. Rianne, what would you like to see if we did another big meeting? Um, I, I do find this one a difficult one to answer because I, I loved hearing about the culture and the arts and uh, the music. And I think that was appealing to so many people in a meeting on Monday. But of course, the practical issues were so necessary. And in fact, some people said, actually, that's what I'm more interested in is the practical issues on track. So yeah. I, I find it difficult to answer because I suppose there might be more than one type of meeting there and you might want to separate them for practical reasons. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think you're doing a wonderful job right now. Well, you're very kind. And whatever we choose to do, we know that Mr. Bunny is going to be hard at work pressing the buttons behind the scenes and broadcasting it live to Imperial Voice. Listen, <laughs> Flattery will get you everywhere, William. Flattery well, it has so far. It has so far. Thank you so much. So listen, um, that's been uh, uh, in our city. We've been talking about our first live online Fairfield House public meeting about how to secure the future of his Imperial Majesty's legacy to our community. Guests have been Akhila Kadan. Akhila, thank you so much. Thank you as well. And Rianne Llewellyn. Rianne, that's superb. Thank you. Lovely. And Mr. Bunny, as ever. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much, William. So listen, whatever you do, please keep your dials tuned to Imperial Voice. Thank you.